1: Hey, babies. Welcome to Forever 35, <laughs> a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer.
2: Is that what we're calling our listeners now? Babies?
1: I just kind of felt like a sultry summer vibe. I don't know.
2: I'm I'm into it. I'm into it. I was just wondering hey if I missed a memo or something.
1: I don't think we should start calling our listeners babies. No.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, I am Dori Freer.
1: And we are not experts.
2: No, we're not. We are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums.
1: And this is a mini episode where we hear from you, we share your comments and your thoughts, and we answer your questions to the best of our ability. Indeed.
2: And please remember, we're not experts. We're podcast hosts, and we always encourage you to seek support first and foremost from a medical and or mental health professional
1: as needed. And look, if you would like to comment on the fact that I addressed you all as babies, I don't know why. It's just, you know, the moods struck me. Please do reach out to us. Our voicemail and text message number is 781-5910-390. And our email where you may send us a voice memo as well is forever35podcast at gmail.com. Indeed.
2: And you may visit our website forever35podcast.com for links to everything we mention on the show. Follow us on Twitter at forever35pod, on Instagram at forever35podcast, and do join the Forever 35 Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash forever35podcast, where the password is serums. And you can also sign up for the wonderful semi-monthly Forever 35 podcast newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter.
1: Hey, can I give myself a quick plug?
2: Of course you can.
1: My book cover was, quote unquote, revealed. So if you want to check out (laughs) the cover of my my first novel, which is called In a New York Minute, I'll uh, link to it in the show notes and I will link to a spot where you can pre-order it.
2: This is so exciting. Do you Your cover is
1: amazing. I love it. Thank you very much. I appreciate your support. If you want to read a flirty book written by yours truly, a rom-com set in New York City. I've got the book for you. So uh, check it out.
2: It is so delightful. And Kate, is Yo, there is there anywhere people can pre-order the book?
1: I will include a link where you can pre-order it, but any independent, any of your favorite independent bookstores, shmamazon.shmam, I'm sure it's there. But yes, I will link to a massive pre-order linkage. And I will probably repeat this again, because uh, I am new at promoting myself and very awkward at it. So bear with me as I...
2: Do you want to mention uh, when your book is coming out?
1: My book comes out March 15th, 2022, my daughter's ninth birthday.
2: (gasps) How auspicious. (laughs)
1: Speaking of books, I did want to... Express my gratitude to our listeners because so many listeners have reached out to suggest that we read the book Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teaching of Plants by Robin Wall Kimmerer. And I have finally listened to our listeners on this, and you all were right. It's an absolutely fantastic book. I am listening to it on audiobook, and it's story it's incredible. It's so it's just uh everything the listeners promised and more.
2: What what genre is it? What is it about? It's, Can you tell me more?
1: Sure. So the author, um Robin Wall Kimmerer is an indigenous woman who is a botanist, a professor, and a writer and so the title really says it all. So indigenous wisdom, scientific knowledge, and the teaching of plants, and so it really just weaves those three things together beautifully. And I have found it incredibly informative and inspiring, and just a, a beautiful meditation on um, the natural world um, and how uh, how often and current, currently in you know Western culture we really. Um, use and abuse it and don't, don't um, learn from it. And it's been really, and and also just really learning about um, uh, the indigenous American experience, which is not something I am well-educated on, quite frankly. And so it's, um, it's gotten me really inspired to do a lot more reading about, um, about that. So, you know, I, I have had the realization, like, I I will always be learning, you know, I, there's so much I don't
3: know. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it's mm-hmm. just a beautiful... And it, I mean, the writing is just absolutely stunning. And I'm listening to the audiobook, which is narrated by the author, and she has an incredibly um, soothing voice, which I always appreciate when people say we have soothing voices. And, and I do understand what it means. Like, I love turning this audiobook on. It's just like a gentle breeze. It's just really Hmm. beautiful. Um, so I've really loved it. And I, you know, as I've kind of been like yammering on this podcast about like feeling disconnected from nature and spirituality and this, this book really taps into all those things and how those things connect. And so it was such a great recommendation. I'm so grateful. So many people, um, shared it with me
2: why why did people recommend it to you just out of curiosity did you say something on the show i
1: think yes i'm not sure the the, it was start someone started recommending like the first recommendation we got i think was in the winter or early spring and then they kept pouring in like multiple people unbeknownst to the other would be like hey the book you need to read that i think would really address a lot of the feelings you're having is braiding sweetgrass And I actually think we read a message from a listener who recommended it. I'll need to circle back and figure out when the first mention of it was. Um, And you know what's interesting about the book is it was released in 2013 and it had a real kind of word of mouth um, spread and it hit Mm. the New York Times bestseller list in like 2020. Or maybe 2019, but it's, it's not a new book. Um, much to my surprise, because I believe it was just on like a recent, you know, New York Times bestseller list. So it's, it's one of those books that I think by word of mouth, people are recommending and recommending because it's such a fantastic read. And she might have a new book coming out soon. Also a hundred percent going to put the author of this book on my like dream podcast list. Mm. I mean, she's just so knowledgeable. And inspiring, it's just. I I think you would enjoy this book. Cool, I'll check yeah. it out. Yeah, it's really great. It's really great for an, for uh, your nonfiction uh, read of the week, Braiding Sweetgrass. I'm still in. I'm still in the middle of it, so I can't say I have completed it, but I'm. I will.
2: Well, you know, as soon as I finish all the Outlander books.
1: You are really, Dory, uh, leaning into Outlander you.
2: I mean, I leaned into Poldark me. I leaned
1: into Bridgerton me. What I'm hearing is now that historical I'm, romance is right up your alley. Yeah. Wow. I think that's what you're
3: hearing.
2: Poldark isn't really a romance,
3: but doesn't he do some, like is, boot knocking?
2: Yeah, but it's like not, it's not as like explicit as I think, like, like Bridgerton, for example. As I will I would say like. by the end, I think I've mentioned this, by the end of reading Bridgerton, I was like, wow, she really ran out of ways to describe sex.
3: <laughs> like every sex scene
1: started to sound exactly the same. <laughs> Uh, but outlander not having that problem
2: outlander not having that problem but that's that could also be because bridgerton is more explicit Mm. like outlander the sex scenes are pretty brief and kind of vague okay and the bridgerton ones are like (laughs) very explicit don't get me wrong, I enjoyed them, but I was like, okay, now he's gonna pinch her nipple. And like,
3: <laughs> oh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, it's just like the kind of the same the uh-huh, same uh-huh. pattern mm. over
3: and
1: over again. Yeah. Sounds like they need but to spice it, it, it up. Look, just too much nipple pinching. They need to, you know broaden I, their foreplay.
2: And also all like the except in one of the books, the women are always virgins. Ooh. So that's also like it lends a different air to the proceedings, mm-hmm. if you will. Yes.
1: Claire, Outlander, not a virgin. No, not a virgin.
3: Um anyway, sorry for that
2: digression. Don't apologize. But yes, I would I would love to check this book out. Yeah,
1: I think you would like it. But right That's now you're point. you're busy on the Peloton app.
2: Look, I'm busy, okay? Um <laughs> so you're working
1: on your fitness as Fergie once my- said.
2: <laughs> you know, I I think as I, as I discussed, I think it was last episode when I was talking about possibly getting back into running. Yeah. You know, I like having a goal. I like having a program. I think that was why I liked training for like half marathons and marathons because I would have a very specific program that I had to follow, like a training program. And on the Peloton they have this genre of classes called power zone classes.
3: And there's this whole like like what's the word? Um community? Movement. Yeah, but I'm I'm like it's like a it's like a yeah, community. There's this
2: whole community of people who are like obsessed with power zone training and someone This woman has made this whole almost like industry around it. It's not affiliated with Peloton, but she has a website called Pack. It's pzpack.com. And every, like, I don't know, four or five times a year, she does these like six to eight week long challenges where you ride three to four times a week and you get assigned to a team. And it's like, it's this like whole thing. And I'm doing another one now. I just started it. Unfortunately, you can't join like halfway through. So if you're not already doing it, you can't just sign up, but you can sign up for the next one. Um, and I really, I really like it because it's a structure. It's a schedule. There's a goal at the end. You take this thing called the FTP test that like tests your fitness essentially, um, at the end. And then you can like compare it to how you, did on the previous test. And what's interesting is I've been taking this test periodically since last summer. And I've, you can see on like the graph, I've gotten so much better. Yeah, So that's also really satisfying.
1: You love a measurement. Like you love something to be able uh, to compare. I I think that's, I think that's interesting and smart and and appealing.
3: Well, just, it's like, it's nice to know. Well, the, the other, the thing I like about it too
2: is like, you're really, you're only competing against yourself, right? Yeah. Like, and that's what I liked about running also is like, I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to get faster or, you know, get, get more fit just against myself, not against like the thousands of other people who are doing this program. So it's like a nice little, Challenge and as someone who is internally motivated, that is very satisfying to me.
1: Oh ho ho! The old internal motivation. The old internal motivates something I don't really have. (laughs) Oh, I think you do. But it's but yes, but I mean, like when we've talked about this, you know, as a as a pleaser versus you as a questioner, like that is a more uh that does motivate you. Like, you are motivated yes, it does for motivate yourself, me. right? Yes, yes. Yes. Totally. Totally. And, so. and you know what I will say is that I do think when we exercise, measuring, like, strength is a really great way to do it. Because I know, I don't know about you, but, like, so much of the way I was conditioned was, like, m- using my body as the tool of measurement for, like, improvement. and. Mm. And I do think, or, or using rather like the appearance of my body, not the actual ability of my body. And I think
3: mm-hmm.
1: I personally have found exercise much more gratifying and exciting and satisfying as I notice like strength and mobility changes as opposed to just like, yeah. uh, you know, the way I look, which ha- honestly, I don't think has changed that much. So I, I think that's really a cool way that you're doing it. Thank you, Kate. Appreciate that. You're welcome, Dory. Hmm. So, if anyone well, wants to race you on Peloton, what is your name at Dory? It's just it's just Dory. Okay. Yeah. So follow Dory if you are a Peloton app. So user. yeah,
2: follow me. There's also there's a very active um, Forever Thirty Five group of riders. Yeah, there is. And if you put the Forever 35 hashtag in your profile, you'll be able to follow along and give people high fives as you're riding. Yes. And you should also join the Forever 35 Peloton Facebook group.
1: I love that there is a Forever 35 hashtag. That thrills me to no end. I know. It's so fun. I'll hop on and tap people when I get in there.
2: Yeah. And if any other listeners are doing the current uh, challenge,
1: let me know. Hit Dory up. Hit us up on those. oh. The voice... The voice... Yeah, hit, hit. (laughs) Come on, babies. (sighs) Oh, goodness. All right, let's take a break. And um, when we come back, we've got some really interesting questions from people. I'm kind of excited to dig in deep over here.
2: All right, let's do it. Be right back.
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact...
1: if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. quince.com slash forever35.
2: Kate, I feel like we are like barreling
1: into summer.
2: get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you the summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with honey love.
1: All right, all right. Let's dig into these cues.
3: Okay, let's do it.
2: All right, this is this is an interesting question and one that I look forward to answering. (laughs) Uh, Shall I read it?
1: Yes, please. I also just want to note that I am recording this by a window and a bird is cawing, and I'm just going to let that be a part of the podcast here. Sorry, apologies. Maybe
2: the bird. Wants its own
1: podcast. The bird should has an we, opinion. <laughs> should we bring the bird on to the Forever 35? Hey, guys, this week's guest is the bird that was outside the window. <laughs> it's so loud. I don't, you might you might not even pick up, but I just felt like I needed to mention it in case someone's listening and was like, oh, that's a loud bird. Anyway. All right, Dory, take it away here.
2: All right. Hi, Kate and Dory. I have a social question for you. Did you attend any of your high school reunions? My first 10-year reunion is this fall, and while I previously hadn't thought I'd go, I've had two close friends ask if I'm planning to. We all seem to be feeling uncertain about attending because based on pop culture and movies, reunions are almost always depicted as awkward parties. I can see how it might be fun to reconnect with classmates, but I also don't want to feel the same social awkwardness I did as a teen. I didn't have a bad high school experience, but I've always been introverted and felt extra awkward in group settings. I just don't want to regret going.
3: Ha. Huh, thanks. Kate, have
2: you gone to your high school reunions?
1: I have. I've been to a few of them, but I do feel like I should mention that I went to a small uh, all girls private school. And so their reunions are kind of intimate and... We do a lot of like the traditions we did at the school. Like there's all this kind of stuff that one does when they attend my high school. And so it it doesn't, it doesn't feel like, you know, like Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. Like it doesn't have that same feel uh, in my experience. You know, my graduating class was 64 people. So Mm. it's just a completely different kind of experience, I think. So I don't, I don't feel. Totally confident answering this question. Um, but I, I have, I have personally found my reunions extremely rewarding. I love reconnecting with my classmates, especially because some of them live abroad and it's just really interesting getting to know them as adults. Um, mm. but I think if you are at all, f- if you don't have like a wing person to go with, like, you know, like someone, uh, I always think it's nice to have someone who you went to high school with at like to be like to buddy up with, right? Because bringing a spouse or a partner who didn't go there, it's always kind of challenging for them. So I think if you have a teammate who can kind of, you know, keep you company throughout the experience, it it is better that way. But I don't know if if you feel like it's going to be an exhausting Experience, then, then I think you can skip it. we we have access to all these classmates because thanks to social media. So it's different than the '80s. Did you go, Dory? Do you have thoughts on
3: this? I I went to one, and I was,
2: and I've also been to one college reunion. I know I went to my tenth college reunion, and I'm trying to remember if I went to my 10th or my 15th high school reunion, I cannot remember my high school class. I don't know if this is, so I went to a large like suburban public high school where I think my graduating class had like 450 people. However, in like classic Gen X fashion, (laughs) like no one has ever really like taken the responsibility to plan reunions <laughs> I so love this so much <laughs> the the one reunion i went to was like hastily thrown together at a bar in boston and i want to say like maybe 50 people showed up like it wasn't like a big thing there wasn't like a reunion committee it was like one guy <laughs> who like sent out a facebook invite <laughs> um And then there was another one that I didn't go to. Also, the reunions are always the Friday night after Thanksgiving for some reasons. I guess assuming that people will have gone home for Thanksgiving, but like Mm -hmm. I haven't gone to Boston for Thanksgiving in a really long time. So that it's like never convenient for me. And then we should have had a reunion last year, but it was COVID. And like, there wasn't even mention of it anywhere. Like it wasn't like, we're not going to do, and it was a big, it was like, I think it was our 25th high school reunion. And there wow. was no, like, oh, we'll just do this next year. There was just nothing. <laughs> so I feel like everyone in my high school class is sort of like, whatever. Uh, uh-huh. Again, very Gen X of us. I also think that, although, you know, I'm friends with people from the class above me, and they are very organized about their reunion. So, like, maybe this theory is just. I've always thought that my year was, like, especially apathetic about, like...
1: (laughs) Like, peak Gen X?
2: Kind of. Like, it's just... It's like no one can be bothered.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. And, And that's, like, I don't know. That's fine. I also feel like we've kind of, like, factionalized. Like, I don't get the sense that there's, like, large groups of people from my high school class meeting up a lot. I think like people are sort of individually friends with yeah, others, but yeah. like I never see like big, like pictures on Facebook with like, you know, 20 people getting together. Like I feel like everyone from my high school is just sort of like, okay, bye. let's
3: Have a nice life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so then what would you advise this person to do? This person's okay, had so close my advice- friends ask if they're going. Yes. So that's good.
2: Yes. Okay. The oh the other thing I will say is the one I did go to, I did go with two friends. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you on that.
3: Um, Okay. I personally think you should go. Oh, okay. I feel like there's more, there's like more possibility that you will
2: regret not going than going. Because if you go and you feel awkward and introverted and like, that it was a mistake you can just leave yeah. like you don't have to stay all night you could go for like half an hour and be like oh this is not my scene and uh-huh. leave but like there is also the possibility that you could get there and like actually have a really good time because you know sometimes people who kind of sucked in high school turn out to like be cooler later
1: totally like me probably um,
2: like kate spencer <laughs> I'm thinking of this one person in particular. Her name is
1: Kate. She was sucked in high school, but
2: (laughs) I don't know. I've like, I, I feel like now in my old age, I have like a different perspective on these things, which is also because like a few people from my high school class have died Mm, and I am no one. I was super close with no one. I was even like remotely close with people I knew, but not close friends. Um, and it is kind of like, well, you know, these people aren't gonna be around forever. They are a part of your life. I would say unless you had like such a miserable time in high school that like you have no one who you would go with, the thought of going like makes you want to vomit. But it sounds like you have friends and I don't know. I'm rambling, but like I kind of think you should go.
1: We're into it. We want you to go.
2: We
3: want you to go. You'll- but like if you don't want to go, that's also fine. Yeah. Wow. Turns oh. out, as as promised, I had a lot of
1: thoughts. About this. There is a lot of feelings about this.
2: I do. I think I'm feeling like, I think I'm feeling a little like nostalgic. Wistful? Almost. Not, I don't know. A little, yes. Wistful. That's the word. I'm feeling a little wistful. and Maybe it's the pandemic and just, you know, I'm being on the other side of the country and like, I just wrote a book about feeling like I never really fit in, and also kind of getting
1: like, older is weird. Like there is this kind of feeling yeah. of like, oh God, oh it's going fast. Like what? I'm already here. Yes, yeah, that, I'm feeling totally. that a lot. Yeah,
2: totally. Yeah. So, but but I acknowledge that perhaps your ten year reunion, your oh. ten year high school reunion when you were 28, probably does not have the same resonance. Yeah. As like a 25th high school That's reunion fair. or a 30th high school reunion. Um, I had to miss my 20th college reunion, which I think I would have gone to, but I had a three week old child.
1: That would have been <laughs> so rough.
3: That was not happening.
1: <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that either.
3: Um, all right. Wow. Well, we
2: took a long time to answer that question. Let's do one of We're these now voicemails. Seven minutes in. Right, great, Let's do this setting okay. a boundary um, after a, you have a
1: voicemail.
4: Hey, so, everybody, guys. my name is Caitlin. I'm calling from Texas. Um, I was just journaling some frustrations and realized that y'all's community, that community, our community, um, was a perfect place to ask it. Uh, I recently became a stra- estranged from my brother um, and am grappling with a lot of feelings of guilt that, like, I abandoned him, I'm not being there for him, I should have been able to see this coming and, like, help him. Um, But, but my brother was abusive. And, like, I know that logically. So do y'all have any tips of how to divorce, keeping myself safe, from the feelings of guilt or, um, quite frankly, shame that, like, I couldn't tough it out enough for him. Thought you all might have some thoughts. Okay, thanks. Love your show.
1: Well, first thing I want to say is that thank you for suggesting that we are all in a community. I found that very moving. And I realize yeah. maybe I'm making this about me, but I just, I appreciate that you felt safe enough to, like, reach out to. This community of us and listeners, and ask this question. I, I, that really, like, um, <clears throat> like I think when you and I talk about like why do we do this podcast, it's like that that reason. So that was really, um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I'm really grateful that you uh, said that. And I mean, to me, well, first of all, if it sounds like you are work, like you're journaling this, I I think if you are not working with a therapist and specifically addressing this relationship that you um, that should be a thing that you look into. But I also do think like some sort of mantra that you repeat, to, like, I'm doing, I, I just think I find that sometimes like we all intellectually know when something like why we're doing something and why it's the right decision. But then you can let all the kind of questions and feelings throw you off course. And so I do find like, a mantra that that centers you back to your core reasoning and em- and empowers you in your decision that you've made and the boundary that you've set might be very helpful mm-hmm. to have as something in your toolkit that when you're feeling it you pull it out you say it to yourself a few times and then you just pop it back into your kit you go on your merry way i love that i mean again we are not and all professionals in this area. So again, seek professional advice, but that's me, your podcast host friend advice story thoughts on this one. I agree with that. I would also
2: say, I know it's really hard, but like, trust your gut, like your gut told you to, that you needed to, you know, set this boundary with your brother and just kind of like, remind yourself of that. Um, Yeah. I also don't know if there's any like group situation that might be applicable to your situation. I, I, Al-Anon doesn't sound quite right, but maybe some of the issues that they deal with. I've never gone to an Al-Anon meeting so I can't really speak to them, but you know, I people who I know who have gone have kind of talked about them in this way. There might be something about the the boundary setting um that there that could be helpful for you. I think there's also support groups for people who are codependent. Mm-hmm. And I am not suggesting like I'm not diagnosing you as being codependent with your with your brother, but there could be something there. So that might also be something to explore. Um but again, not a doctor, not a therapist, not a trained, uh not a licensed clinical social worker, any of those things. Just just throwing some things out there.
1: Your just story and that is all right with me. And I hope that's enough. Okay. (laughs) Those are uh, great suggestions story. And um, you know what? Uh, I would love to hear from other listeners on this who have, who might have advice for this listener.
3: Yeah. Same. All right. We're going to take another break. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. We'll be right back.
1: You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older, and how we treat it, and how we love it. Because, look, as I'm learning in my mid 40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like, I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I know. is a bull on my <sighs> neck and chest.
3: All right, we're back.
1: This question really hit home for me. Mm-hmm. This listener wrote to us and they said Hi, cat and door. What are you doing about baths in the time of this never ending, possibly forever drought we have in California? Pre-COVID, I would take a bath always while traveling outside California, especially outside the parched West Coast, to ease my heavy guilt about all of the water I used. During CORE, I started to take baths and soothed my guilt by telling myself it was okay since I'm not an everyday shower person. I started taking baths a few times a month, but this terrible drought is making me think I should cut them out entirely. Advice for a soothing substitute. Mm, I've had this exact same thought. Mm. And actually our podcast producer, Sammy is house sitting for us while we are away. And I said to them, I was like, please don't take baths because <laughs> like our tub is like comically big and mm. it will, it just feels like it would be draining all the water that we could use mm-hmm. in the state. And, uh and I've, I've, thought that I need to kind of set that boundary for myself too which um you know is of course disappointing because we love a bath but also like we love uh the safety of our planet and access to water more could you fill a basin
3: with warm water and some nice salts and just have a foot bath ooh much
1: less water very soothing, then maybe like give yourself a nice massage with some oil or some cream, like, you know, a a calf and foot rub. I do find foot baths very soothing and, and do kind of get the job done. And it's much less water. I love that idea. I have not given myself a foot bath in God knows how long, but I might try
3: one. That's a great idea. Thought story for this listener? Hmm. I was thinking, and I feel like this came up on a very early
1: episode,
2: but what about doing some sort of like eucalyptus spray, like in your shower?
1: Yes. A few drops of eucalyptus essential oil in the shower is so nice, just on the floor.
2: Yeah. Cause that gives you the kind of like spa feel.
1: Mm-hmm. And it, and it's
2: relaxing, um but it's not a bath.
1: I love that suggestion, and maybe also indulging on the after part of a shower, like a nice body oil right at when your body is damp, um you know, like a nice body mist, or just kind of those things that offer the same kind of soothing sensation, or you know what Dory and I have been talking about off the air about what we want eye pillows. Yes. Heat up yes. or cool down a nice little rice eye pillow.
3: Mm.
1: Just take 5 minutes, throw it on your eyes and like lay down. Mhm,
3: mhm, mhm.
1: Let's come up with some planet planet uh kind bath substitutes. What are we doing instead of taking yes. baths? Because That's look, this idea. is we're in a we're in a dark place here with a lot of the stuff that's going down right now and has been going down yeah. for you know decades so yeah um i really appreciate you raising this listener yeah thank you yeah. all right dory let's hit this final uh vm shall we
3: all right let's do it
5: I, um, this is Julia calling. I just had to pause the pod, um, on my walk when you guys were talking about birthdays and Facebook. Um, I personally have mine posted on Facebook, but I have a friend who is a close friend. Well, we used to be really close and now, you know, we live in different states. We're still close, but not as close who does not have her Facebook or her birthday on Facebook. And every year this friend sends me a card for my birthday. Um, which always arrives a little bit earlier than my birthday, so I know she has my birthday written down for. Her, but I don't know when her birthday is. And she never posts about it and it is her birthday. So I feel like the shittiest friend for these past years, she's writing me cards and I'm like, uh, is it in January? I don't know. Okay, I don't know what to do. I don't really know.
3: This is just a comment to call in. Ah, okay, okay. Okay, I have a couple thoughts here. <laughs> Lay it on me. One is you
2: could just ask
1: Yes, Dory. In my head, I'm just chanting, normalize not knowing. We have to normalize the fact that we don't always know.
2: Yes. So I just, you could even, you could be perfectly honest and be like, hey, this is really embarrassing because you always send me cards for my birthday. And I feel like at one point I knew your birthday, but like, I just don't have it written down anywhere. You don't have it on Facebook. So
1: can you just tell me what your birthday is? Or you could just be like, Hey, what's your birthday? <laughs> yeah, story a hundred and ten percent. Um,
2: so that's that's one thing you could do. The other thing you could do, and this is not foolproof because you don't have to fill it in, but you could start one of those. I have like one of those digital address books on postable mm-hmm. <laughs> and you like send it out to your friends and you ask them to fill in their addresses so you like if you want to send them holiday cards or something. And there's a field that asks for birthdays, mm-hmm. which, like, I didn't even really know. But, like, now I get emails from Postable being like, your friend Cynthia's birthday is in two weeks or whatever. So, that's like a sneaky way to do it. But, but you don't have to fill in your birthday. So, you could just end up sending it to them and, and they, like, might not fill it out. <laughs> um, but, also if you did that you could always just follow up with them and be like hey i noticed you didn't put your birthday in to like my postable thing and i'm really trying to be better about like you know recognizing people's birthdays so can you remind me what your birthday is again
1: i think that's a great idea or you could just do
2: that without the postable yeah yeah,
1: i'm with dory on this i think you just have to straight up be like hey i don't know your birthday in whatever way you're comfortable with like a a gentle like you know the gentle, gentle conversation or just uh, uh, straightforward, but you just have to ask. And also, uh, I know on my iPhone, yeah. not everyone's an iPhone user, but you can pop the birthday into the contact. There's a whole section in everybody's contact mm. for their birthday. Mm. I'm looking at my, my 10 year old daughter's contact information right now and there's her birthday. So you can plug birthdays in. Um, so you could always ask people or just send out like a mass email and then install it into your contacts too that way. However way you want to track it. But I, I love Postable, Such a great suggestion, Dory. I love that. Well, thank you. You're so welcome. <sighs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, you know, Dory, it's been a treat and a treasure to get to talk to you.
3: Yes, And And all likewise. the Forever 35
1: babies out there. Yeah, all you Forever 35 babies. <laughs> I will never call y'all babies again but it just was like hey baby like it just had that I just had that feeling inside me you know hey babe yeah
2: I hear it it. was weird it
1: was weird Dory it was weird it came
2: from the heart it came from the heart (sighs) but
1: my heart's weird I think is the problem
2: (laughs) that's okay that's why we love you
1: oh you're so nice you're such a good friend (laughs) (laughs) well (sighs) Dory Yes, this brings Kate. us to the end of the road here. But, um, you know, we'll be back on Wednesday. So thank you all for listening.
3: All right. Bye, everyone.